0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed Play Love, a bite sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding, and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. There are many different ways and styles of parenting. You may have heard of attachment parenting, which can mean several things. For many parents, though, it means a gentle approach to sleep and settling. Often, it involves keeping your child close to you, in your arms or on your chest. So what happens when it comes time to get your child to sleep independently? Is it possible to do that gently, given your child is so used to having you near them when they sleep? Veena Parry is a paediatric sleep consultant based in Sydney with over 15 years experience in early childhood and education. Hi Veena, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. It's a pleasure. So, I mean, the most important question, the first one, is it possible to gently sleep train a child in this scenario?
1: Okay, so... It's such a good question. And look, it is there is a complicated answer to it because I guess my whole theory behind um early childhood and sleep and infants is that every child is so different. And so is every parent. Um, and I guess, like if you look at the sort of orthodox terms of what is attachment parenting, yes, it means contact napping, contact sleeping. Um, skin to skin always and things like that but you know there are also some parts of it and you know those like when it was coined by Dr. Sears he was talking about you know extended breastfeeding and things like that and in my time working with so many families I've met attachment parents that do some of the principles and not all of the others and I suppose the first thing I would majorly start with is that I don't even, um, I, I, I understand that everyone sort of says sleep training. I try to avoid it like professionally and in terms of when I'm with parents or when I'm doing a consult or an implementation, just because I think when most people think sleep training or they hear the term straight away, it comes to cry it out and cry it out is pretty much as far as I'm concerned, the exact opposite of any attachment parenting principle. So I think, You know what I like to focus on more is gentle sleep skills and that can be done in a scaffolded manner and that's how I kind of conduct my consults and things like that basically if you are and I've had many attachment parents you know all the way from Kenya to the US in Australia in Asia um, you know and they're all a little bit different in how they do it but I think the main thing is you just want to do it slowly and you want to do it gently.
0: So, one of one thing parents um, sort of dread being asked mm. when they have a baby is, are they sleeping through the oh night? Because the first thing you think is, oh, yeah. no, they're not. Is there something wrong? Yeah. Uh, and the next thing you think is, is that even possible? How do I make it happen? Yeah. Um, so, when a baby's physically capable yes. of sleeping reasonable hours, let's say, at an, a reasonable hour might be an eight-hour str- stretch with, yeah. where, from whenever you put them down to whenever they get up, just yeah. eight hours without waking up. Yeah. When are they physically able to do that?
1: And, okay, and that's such a great question. Okay, so I've seen, you're going to laugh, but I've seen the gambit with this. I've seen three-week-olds do nine hours. Wow. And I've seen... 18-month-old still waking, needing to feed during the night. So I would say always look at your child, um, get a health professional's advice, hopefully one that is a little bit more attachment parenting friendly, not so much that antiquated idea of, oh, do cry it out or leave them to settle themselves. Um, and basically I would say that, you know, you want to make sure that your child, like I, I wouldn't even even look at it before six months. I just think that's completely unrealistic. It's it's unrealistic. It's (laughs) 100% unrealistic. And look, if your baby does it and if you instill gentle sleep skills and they start consolidating their sleep naturally, well, fantastic, baby unicorn, you know, sleep unicorn. But... If they don't, and if you're having trouble, please don't feel like there's something wrong. Like, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves. And yes, it is that question, are they sleeping yet? Are they sleeping through the night? I remember getting it myself with my first, and it really annoyed me. Um, And basically, I don't think it's developmentally appropriate to expect a baby to sleep through the night or do any more than a stretch of seven hours before six months. Having said that, with gentle sleep skills, I have seen it happen. And the only way I can say that is because I've had clients like I've got get hundreds there. of messages that just say, oh my gosh, he slept through last night, or oh my gosh, we just did our first seven-hour stretch. And I guess there is a, a little bit, and this is the same thing, um, there is a little bit of a difference in what the definition of sleeping through the night is. Scientifically, as far as I know, pediatrically, medically-wise, I think they say a stretch longer than seven hours plus. Um, however, some like um, quite orthodox attachment parenting or things like that will say, well, you shouldn't expect ever a baby to sleep more than four hours kind of things like that's kind of their definition of sleeping through the night. And I guess what I would say is I actually agree with the, like a lot of attachment parents when they say it's normal for a baby to sleep through the night or sometimes feed or need soothing and comfort. I guess what my whole philosophy and my pedagogy is, is that I'm all for comfort and I'm all for being there for your child and comforting them and having that attachment with them. But I also want to have that balance of either getting the developmental restorative rest that they should be. And what is that? How do you judge what that is? In terms of?
0: The amount of sleep a baby needs at each stage of life.
1: Okay, so I would say that if you're seeing your child that they're exhibiting signs that they're cranky, that um, they're waking up constantly um, quite tired. You're You're seeing immediate tired signs after what would be considered a restful period of sleep. So first thing in the morning, if you're seeing crankiness or tired signs, 10, 15 minutes, and they're not like a newborn newborn, I'd say that's an indication that they might not be getting the developmental rest that they need. And that doesn't mean you need to go and do a 12-hour stretch overnight. I just mean that perhaps due to sometimes with certain parts of, um, you know, some children just get super overstimulated in an environment where there's lots of things going on or they might be you know, I've I've heard that on average, some attachment parents say that their baby wakes seventeen times a night. That's sort of the average. So, wow. and if they go straight back to sleep or they feed back to sleep, that's fantastic because it shouldn't really impact their sleep. But if you're finding that your child is waking up and they're not going back to sleep, that can be really, I think, worrying for their restful sleep cycles and also the parents. Yes, you know, yes, so very hard for the and, parents. and 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 yeah, and basically, I would say that. You know, if you're seeing any crankiness, if you're seeing that your child is maybe, I mean, this is like on the severe end, but maybe not doing as much as they should be in terms of milestones or communication, or they're just upset, or you feel like, I think trust your mum and dad gut too. Like, you're going to know if your child is out of sorts. Could that be because of a lack of sleep? Okay. So
0: um, attachment parenting sometimes involves co-sleeping
1: or bed sharing, mm-hmm. what's the difference between those two? Okay, so I I think it's, again, it's sort of a personalised term and some people say they're their exact same thing. Um, co-sleeping is basically where you sort of contact nap and or you contact sleep. So there's always an element of skin-to-skin with the sleeping and basically a child is never sleeping independently and that's, I think it's a valid you know i think in a lot of um communities and cultures all over the world it's still the only way children sleep um i think as well though that in western civilization we've you know in the 90s when they when sids australia and america started coming out with the back to sleep campaign and things like that and they were realizing the rates of sids and things were going up they started getting really worried and they became very strict on okay this is how a baby should go to sleep and look I believe, you know, they, I, th- I think there is a safe way to, you know, kind of co-sleep and things like that. I think with bed sharing and things like that, that can also mean like sidecar bassinets or cots. Um, so, you know, the ones I'm talking about, like the ones that kind of zip down attached to your bed. I've seen some families, even ones I've worked with where they've taken the side of a cot and pushed it up against a bed. And that's more the bed sharing, co-sleeping, whereas you're actually in the bed in the same space together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: so you've mentioned gentle skills to helping our babies sleep mm-hmm. a few times, and everyone listening's probably going, "What are they? What are they?" <laughs> Just ask her that question. Um, So I am going to end this conversation by asking you, what are those gentle skills? If you are an attachment parent, whatever definition that is, but your baby's used to having you there, how can you scaffold them, as you say,
1: into independent sleep? So what I would say is, firstly, remember, you know, it's an overwhelming process. And so do reach out for help if you're feeling, like, overwhelmed by it because, look, no one ever contacts me and goes, oh, my gosh, Vina, my children are sleeping so good, you know. (laughs) I mean, they do later, but they never come to me like that. So the first thing I would say is don't be afraid to reach out for help. But in terms of the gentle skills, when you've started out as a co-sleeping attachment-friendly parent, basically you want to slowly wean. I I don't like the word wean, but slowly scaffold away from that in terms of that you can start like some of the skills and look, I need to preface this by saying every child I work with, I do a different approach to. So I'm not one of those consultants um, or professionals that kind of have a, you know, oh, this is, this is basically what we're going to try with your child. I, I follow the child first. So it's kind of that almost Reggio Emilia approach where I look at the child and then I scaffold towards what they need and kind of you know, look at them. But basically what I would say is it's things like slowly transitioning from holding them to sleep and then transferring them to an independent space or putting them down, like holding them until they go awake into a space as long as they're calm and then hold them as long as they need until they go down calm. It's also about parental presence being there next to them. Like I've been on implementations in people's houses before where I've asked parents to get in the cot with their child. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, look, not the easiest thing. uh, (laughs) And you have to kind of do the ninja thing afterwards, but why not? Like, why why can't we do that? Because at the end of the day, if they need that comfort and they need that love, like, you do it slowly. It isn't this wham, bam, thank you, ma'am thing. Like, it's just... You need to slowly and you sort of you if you're looking to have more independent sleep, that's kind of your need, but we do it on the child's time frame. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Vina, thank you so much for speaking with us oh, today. Of
0: course. Thank you so much. That's Vena Parry. She's a paediatric sleep consultant based in Sydney, and we'll put more information about Vena and the work she does in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Debbie Ning and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. We'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.